Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. You don't need a reason when the one and only hot and melty sausage McMuffin with egg is just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. That's the one. I almost thought the Skype theme was going to come on. Yep, yep. What's up, everybody? It is the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 77 for December 10th, 2019. This is Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Tony Viner coming to you live from New Jersey. Special holiday edition of the Wisdom Hour. <laughs> you got the jingle bells. Of course you do because you're a percussionist, so you have all these percussion instruments. Love I have it. all kinds of magical things here. Magical. Are yes. per- is percussion really magical? Are drummers really musicians? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Who knows? I think they are. Wait, you want to hear something magical? Hang on a minute. I have to get up yes. away from the microphone, but give me five seconds. This is truly magical. This All right. Is, I'll, is you ready? I'll, are you ready? I, I, I guess I'm ready. I don't know. Um, while he's doing that, we are live on the Cover Band Central page. There you go. Very nice. Very there you nice. go. Some magic for the wisdom hour. A whole lot of chimes there. I love chimes. I have them hanging out on my patio. I love music. Chimes are cool, man. So you know how I talked about the uh, the Amazon Alexa thing, the Echo that I have in my apartment, yes. and I've I've been adding to the collection of them, and I added one more, and now I have seven in my apartment. <laughs> Your problems, Steve. I, I do. No, the thing is, I love having being surrounded by music, and I want when I have music playing, which is often in my apartment. I want to wherever I'm walking, I want to be able to hear the music, you know, clearly and you know closely. I guess, and I love it now. So now I put one in my office, which was, which is where I'm sitting, and there's one nearby the the bigger unit but this is like the little dot unit so i have the one big unit and then six dots and now it is really everywhere in this apartment wherever i go sound in every every room yeah every room wherever i walk with the exception of the there's a little hallway that goes um from kind of the kitchen area to the bathroom 
and there's where that's where my washer and dryer is. So there's no speaker there. So maybe I'll have to get an eighth one for that little spot. You may need to. You'll have to go around with a DB meter and see what the <laughs> what the mixed room. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what? I'm lucky here because I I don't think like these apartments the walls are pretty thick, so I, I don't really he- ever hear much of upstairs what's going on, and. As far as I know, any noise I make isn't bothering them upstairs. Is and sometimes they get pretty you, loud. Um, are the upstairs apartments, can you step out when you step out the door? Are you on like a concrete overhang? I'm downstairs. Right, but if you walk out your door, what's above you if you look up? So yeah. You walk out the yeah, there's a porch up above me, yes. Concrete? I don't. I don't think so. Look next time. I, I mean, I see, like, drywall up there. I don't see concrete uh, it, on the ceiling. But, the, yeah, then again, I've never really paid attention to it. Because so. that structure could be poured concrete, like H, you know, H on top of H, if you can imagine that, like boxes of concrete. Uh-huh. So your walls and your ceilings and, your like, all your partitions are concrete. Okay. That's the case. It's very, it would be super quiet. Okay, that's why. But, I, I mean, I do hear them upstairs once in a while having sex, so... Noise. Oh yeah, it's, it's not concrete then. No. <laughs> Either that, this is really having a good time. And the bedroom, like, I think the layout upstairs is exactly the same as my layout. So when I'm yeah, in the bedroom, you're probably, right? They're they're probably all stacked, you know. Right. Um. Yeah, that's the only. Th- it's funny because I don't ever. Well, she's got a dog upstairs too. I, I think this woman lives alone, and I think she has a man friend that comes over once in a while. Uh, but she's got a little dog, one of those little yippy dogs. Mm-hmm. And that dog just barks constantly. And I hear that dog all the time. But I don't really hear it. The sound isn't coming from, like, through the roof, through my ceiling. It's coming from, like, outside. Because there's, there's it, it's, I'm in kind of a, a uh, I was going to say corridor, but it, it's bigger than that. Um, and I can hear the dog's barking echoing off of the other building across the way constantly barking a poor like a poor dog i just like that dog how can that dog have any quality of life when it's just always so upset (laughs) it's flipping out dude you know dogs can be stressed out and all kidding aside when i when i got uh daisy or the dachshund she was like had anxiety and would bark and be on like high alert all the time and be like always jumping and all jumpy and you know through training and uh you know a lot of time and and effort and different techniques she's become calmer you know and now they make like cbd oil for dogs yeah i know i got some for my dog before you know, he died yeah, and it chills him out a little bit too so yeah uh you know it could just be that that dog is very high strung and, and needs you know it needs some help it, well, it's, my dog's the same way, and it's like that's just the way the dog is because it doesn't know any better. And then you through different techniques, which, like I said, it's very involved. But you you know you got to spend a lot of time, you know, reinforcing certain things, and there's like a whole procedure to it. But it works out. Yeah, and get the dog stoned. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I had bought one off of Amazon, one of those CBD oil things for dogs when my dog was sick and alive. Um, and I never really got to... I think I gave it to him once. I put it in his water a couple drops. And then he just was... It It didn't seem to have any positive effect. So I just didn't do it. And then I was thinking... I mean, how different can CBD oil for dogs be 
for humans? How different is it? Like, what what's what makes it special for dogs? It, exactly, and I don't really notice much difference in in my dog, you know. But I was thinking, well, maybe I could try the CBD oil for dogs and see. What, and then I was thinking, you know what? I did just some, something about that seems wrong to me. So you might not want to do that. There might be an enzyme in there that's going to turn you into a dog or something. You know? <laughs> right. Big problem. I start growing a tail. Um, I no, I threw it out. I was like, All right, whatever. Like Island of Doctor Moreau. Drink this, Steve. Right. <laughs> Eat me, uh, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Eat me. So what's going on, man? How's uh, how's life in the gig lane? Oh man, it, it, I busy five day endurance test. Yeah, busy week. It was it was good, really good. Uh, the band is killer, dude. The band is really good. Um, I've been here almost 10 years now, and it's one of the best bands I've, if not the best band I've played with. And yeah, I figured it would be after we yeah. talked about it. Yeah, the drummer, Brent, is is just, he's a really good musician, man. He's a really good drummer, and, and he's a really good musician. I, I know he plays keyboards. I haven't heard him, but I can just tell from the way he plays drums. He's a great musician. But, dude, all kidding aside, if he's a killer drummer and he's super musical, the band's going to be super killer. Yeah, absolutely. I'm saying being biased as a drummer, but it, it really is the truth. If you have a great drummer in the band and, and everyone else is capable, the band will be fantastic. You know, if you have a fantastic band and the drummer's, like, mediocre, the band will not be that great. Agreed. And, of Regardless course... How good everybody else is, you know? Yeah, and, of course, you have to have a good bass player, too, which... Uh, Oh, but, yeah, no, no doubt. But, like, you know, um, my one buddy said it best. He said, it's like you build the, it's like building a hockey team from the goalie out. You know, you start with the drummer, then yeah. you get the base, and then you build from there. You know? Yeah, you mentioned that before, yeah. Um, yeah, it's so true. So I'm psyched for you because, uh, you know, it's yeah. important to have a good drummer. Yeah, he's great, man. He's he's a monster, man. He, he He's a very driven person. He does, he runs a studio, and, and just he's in really good shape and, and just does a lot of stuff. And, and uh yeah, it's, it's it, and he it's and I, yeah, and he like he he he's a busy player, but I, I get him, you know, and I I I've been able to really uh, lock in with him easily, um, right from the beginning, and just it's so funny, man, this the way this happens because you don't your brain is off, you know, you're just playing, and he'll do fills, and I'll play right along with that fill. Without having to think about, not even looking at him, not thinking about it at all, and it, it's I think it's the not thinking part that where the magic is kind of created because it just happens, you know. It's it's a crazy. I was noticing, oh, yeah. it, you know, I was just when I was playing, I was noticing it, like, ha- and you know, very very briefly asking myself, how did I know that that was the fill he was going to do, you know? And and I played something along that really complimented it, um, and I mean that was just really happening all the time playing with him. Uh, for the last uh, five days, he he actually played. Didn't play Saturday. He had a a previous uh, uh, commitment, so they had we had a sub who wasn't wasn't quite up to as as good of caliber. Um, and 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 with that too, man. And I know I talked about this a few weeks ago, and I just I, I'm not going to rehash the whole thing, but I really think it's important when you're a sub to come in and just play the song and not try to put in a lot of fancy stuff or 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 habits that you have from playing that song with other people, just play the damn song. And, and, uh, you know, a lot of times he wasn't really doing that. So, um, it, it was a little frustrating, but he, I mean, he's still a really good player. So, 
you know. You know, it's funny like you say when you play with subs because everyone has different styles, you know, and personalities and energies. So it's just different, you know, every time. Yeah, but that's why, I mean, that's my philosophy. If I go in and I sub for somebody, I'm going to play the song the right way. You know, and if there's other little tricky things that that band does with certain parts of the song, I'll either catch on or I'll remember it the next time or whatever. But, you know, for the most part, I'm going to go in and play the song the way it was recorded. And then, you know, if I have places to put in, like, liberties, then I will. Um, but as long as I'm not compromising the integrity of the song, that's what's important to me. So, And that's the way I think everybody should be, especially when you're a sub. But Well, well back the, to what you were saying earlier about uh, you know, anticipating and just you know, not turn like turn your brain off and just playing, you know, and, and being in, in that zone. I just saw a great uh, documentary on YouTube about uh, poor um, Richie Blackmore. Okay, sure. And it's so interesting, you know, it's it's a real long. It's like two and a half hours long. It's like the whole story. But the two things that struck me, and one of them when you just said that was when they went to record Machine Head. You know, which was the fire and smoke on the water, and he he said, everyone when they were interviewing the band was saying it was otherworldly that Richie would just had riff after riff after riff and idea after idea, and he just kept coming up with all these like they wrote the whole album in like two weeks. You know what I mean? Like he came up with all that all that material, and he and when they asked him, he was just said. It just came to me. He said, "We just were, we just were there to record, and I just had these ideas, and they were just coming out of me, and I wasn't thinking about it." He was in the zone, you know. He was in the zone, and that 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 album's great. You know, it's got so many t- great tunes on it. But a uh, real interesting documentary, you know, to, of of his his whole journey and all his successes. But Very that cool. was pretty cool, you know. Awesome. I I actually saw Richie Blackmore. I was going to say I met him, but I didn't really meet him. But I was in the same airspace as Richie Blackmore. This is uh, 2000, I don't know if I say five or six, maybe. I was with my girlfriend, Donna, you remember Donna, at uh-huh. uh, Cape May, and we were there for uh, a couple days, and there was this, like, uh, Wicca shop, like, where they had the, the tarot cards and all things like yeah. that, and we went in there, and it was a really small store, and Richie Blackmore walked in, <laughs> it was like... And it, he was with somebody else, and I was like, uh, I, I just did, I couldn't even look at him. I, I was like, I, I don't know what to say to Richie Blackmore, like in this Wicca shop. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was just so weird. But he looked just, like he, he was. Dr- to said, Richie, man, you're Wicca good. He was dressed just like Richie Blackmore dresses, you know, with the cross and everything. Like, yeah, yeah, well, it's him, dude. Yeah, I mean, he with the sunglasses, and I mean, it just it was like he popped out of a magazine and walked into the store. Like, <laughs> Dude, he's living legend, like super rock star, you know? And when they were showing clips of Deep Purple, that was the other thing. The original lineup of the band, you know, when they put it together, when it was Ian Gill and Richie Blackmore, it was Ian Pace on drums, it was Roger Glover on bass, it was John Lord on, on the Hammond. And they were showing, like, all this footage, you know, within that documentary. And, dude, they were killing, man. Like, they had an awesome sound. It was almost a Zeppelin-esque, like a Zeppelin-esque type of vibe to it but it had a different grit you know what I mean it had with the Hammond and it was just and they were all locked in you know they were a band and you know for that stretch he said in the beginning there there was a time where they were really killing it you know 
and then they had their ups and downs and whatnot. But remind me of what you were saying about how when you find players that it gels and it, like you said, oh, this is going to be a great band. It might be one of the greatest bands, if not the best band I've played in so far. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's hard to find that. So you got to latch on. Yeah. I'm really. Yeah. And I'm, then ride it. I'm psyched about it because Tracy is a phenomenal singer. And um, we got this keyboard player, Seth, is really good and he can sing. And then this guy, Kevin, on guitar, who's who's also a phenomenal musician. And he's somebody I worked with years ago here and um, really psyched to work with him again. He's such a such an easy person to work with. And he's such a good he's one of my favorite guitar players in New Orleans, for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's killer. So the name of the band. I didn't tell you last week. Do you know what no, it is? I, I do not. You, you do not. Good. So you're gonna you're gonna hear it first, and everybody else too. It's called Beasts of Bourbon. <laughs> Beasts of Bourbon. Beasts I of Bourbon. It. Yes, yes, it's awesome. Like play on Beasts of Bourbon, but we're Bourbon Street. So and we're you know hanging our balls out. Beasts. We're beasts. We're 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 hanging our balls right out. We're saying yeah, we're we're the we're the beasts of bourbon, Um, and we really kind of are. I mean we're, I mean not to toot my own horn, but we're some of the best players on the street, um, for for this kind of band, and uh, yeah, good. That's pretty cool to follow. Look at that the momentum that that's going to grow. Yeah, it's it's yeah we have some serious potential to really do well. And everybody's kind of on board. Everybody's excited about it. Everybody's happy with with everything. Um, but we, a lot of people, or not a lot of people, a couple of guys, or a few of the guys, I guess everybody but the keyboard player had previous commitments before we got this gig. So they're honoring those as they should. And uh, we've had to have some subs. So like I said, the we the sub drummer on Saturday. And we had... Four nights in a row, we had four different singers. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday were four different male singers. So that gave us uh, some variety <laughs> for for the weekend. Oh yeah, but but it's cool. I kind of like that variety. And everybody that was a, a singer, a sub singer, I know and I worked with plenty. Um, so you know, it all went really well. Um, they decided though. And I'm really happy about this. Like, Tracy called me yesterday, and she's like, I got great news, and I got some little bit of bad news. And the great news was that the club's happy with us, the numbers look good, blah, blah, blah. And the bad news was that they wanted to give... There's a band that plays uh, Monday and Tuesday, R&B funk band, really good. Like, just killer. They they dress great. They have a great stage show. Um, and they're all just top, top-notch players. Um, they play Monday and Tuesday. They decided, management decided they're going to give that band Wednesday as well. So we're only going to do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which is four days, uh, which I prefer over five. It, it's it's only one day, Ben, but it, it makes a world of a difference for me. Um, so, so you'll play four instead of five. Yeah, Thursday through Sunday. So um, Wednesday's kind of a mm, blah day anyway, usually. Um, so... That's not bad, though. Like you said, you know, that's very manageable, and it gives you time to, to work on CBC. Yeah, absolutely. And just time to, to chill. Not really much. I don't really chill hardly ever. <laughs> it's, I'm yeah, but it's, it's good. Like you said, it's an extra day for yourself. You know? Yeah, it's great. It really makes me happy. And so, and Wednesday, um, Christmas is on a Wednesday, so now I know that I'm definitely not playing on Christmas. 
which is uh, also makes me happy because I, I was invited to a gathering that I would like to attend. So now I know that I can. Um, so yeah, attend indeed you will, Steve. Yes. So real good all around. Um, um, I want to. I've been playing through. Uh, I just bought a, the BA uh, two ten uh, Ampeg. That's what I'm using on stage, and it's got the tilt back, so it's facing up to me, and I'm using a Fender, and it sound the the tone of it is really very Fender Ampeg sounding, if you know what that sounds like. And it, for the rock stuff, oh, yeah. I know exactly what that sounds like. Yeah, for the rock stuff, it sounds great. For the dance stuff, it doesn't sound that great. Uh, so I have to figure out what I'm going to do. I I have options. I could I could. Uh, I could get another cabinet and hook it up to that and because uh, uh, it's got the uh, speaker out for that unit. So I could try that and see how that sounds. Is this for your monitor or your main? My my stage setup, my stage rig. Your rig. My right. stage rig, yeah. Um, and, and is that what you've always played? No, I just bought it. I just bought it last week. I actually, oh, brand new. I bought it. Yeah, actually, I bought it on Wednesday, so it was after I talked to you. Um, I went to, uh, you know, I was, it's kind of like you know, you're starting a new job, you get some new clothes. I'm starting a yeah, new yeah. gig. I'm buying a new amp. <laughs> um, and what made you pick that amp? I, 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 based on the choices there, that were there um, at the store, that was the one that appealed to me most, especially with the kickback where it faced up towards me yeah yeah um yeah. and i you know it's an ampeg can't go wrong with ampeg tone no, they always and sound I'm good familiar with it so i i was thinking of trying to get maybe like a gk or harky 15 and put that underneath it so that way i get kind of that more of that pop that clarity for for dance stuff and yeah while still maintaining the the kind of crunch of the ampeg so I don't know. I'm going to futz around with it, but I'm I'm really excited to futz around with it to to have this opportunity to to really work on my tone and and just and uh and play with new toys and and whatnot. So uh so I'll I'll, I'll do some experimenting this week and see what what, what comes out. It's so funny you say that with the ampeg because my fondest memory is when uh I when I started playing uh, when we created Eye of the Storm and. Uh, the guitar player was playing down the street at my with my neighbor, who was also a drummer, and uh, he's like, "Well, dude, we're gonna." And they had all their stuff set up at his house, you know, and uh, we played this like outdoor festival type thing, and I played with my band, and they played with their band, and it was my friend John, and he, you know, it's like two doors down, you know, and he played drums, and he was into Neil Peart, and he had a Neil Peart drum set, and he, you know, he was a drummer, like it was great. We, we used to come over and jam out and. He, um, so long story short, so he, we played the festival and then I said, I'm going to start this original band. And then the the guitar player and the keyboard player from his band said, well, we'll come play with you. So he lived like three houses down the street from me. So we pushed, they brought all their equipment from his house to my house. So we rolled, this dude had a twin 15 Ampeg guitar amp with a Marshall head. What? And we, yeah, and we wheeled it up the street. Wait, twin fifteen guitar <laughs> amp? Are you kidding me? It's, it's the Ampeg. It was. I think it was a bass amp. It had to be a bass amp. And he was using it for his amp, and it was a twin fifteen. It was tall. You know what I mean? Sure. It was probably 
like four feet tall because they were stacked one on top of the other, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, it had, and then he had a Marshall head. And and the thing was crying. <laughs> Dude, the thing was ridiculously loud. I mean, ridiculously loud. That's funny. I've played my bass through guitar amps before when I was desperate and I had to. Um, I can't even remember what amp or where it was, but I, I can remember doing that. But, yeah, I, I mean, 215, you, you don't make 15-inch guitar amp speakers, <laughs> do they? I don't That's think crazy. so. This is also back in um, uh, 88, maybe, you know? Right. Um, Wow. Yeah, I used to have some crazy big cabinets. Um, I don't remember what I was playing through. I I was probably playing through the GK and Harky when I was playing with you uh, because that was my rig for so long. Um, But I, I used to have this, like, these huge Ampeg cabinets. I had this one that was an 18... It was a reflex cabinet, so the, the the speaker was actually at the bottom facing the back, kind of diagonally facing the back. And, right. And it was and the, and then it came out like kind of bounced off the cabinet and came out. But it was an eighteen inch speaker. And the cabinet was huge and it was it had casters, yeah, wheels, and it had like you could tilt it back it had a, a bar that you grab onto and tilt it back and wheel it. But it was so heavy and it was so cumbersome. Um, and I used to take that thing with me everywhere. Oh man, yeah, brutal, right? But it sounded killer. Oh yeah, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a rock guy. I like Ampeg sound. And, uh, oh yeah, no doubt. But the GK, the, they, those sound nice too. Yeah, they sound real nice. And that, you know, and uh, and I, I, I'm getting my Spectre back back next week. So that might be that might actually solve the issue. <clears throat> playing with the Spectre instead of the Fender because the Spectre is a little poppier and, and uh, you know, it's got more pop to it, a little more brightness to it. Yeah. Um, whereas the Fender is a little warmer. Um, but, uh, but I'm, again, really psyched to toy around with all this stuff and see what, what hey, works. Hey, so one thing I thought of too is um, we talked about like when you play with the band and you, you the way you present yourself and what you wear and clothes and how you dress and, and you know, so... Tell me about what what are you guys wearing on stage, and do you feel more confident and empowered when you're wearing like stage gear? We'll call it. Yeah, that's an excellent question and point to bring up. I again, just like getting a new job, I decided I was going to go out and get new clothes before we start, and I I yeah. spent I spent quite a bit of money on new clothes, and. Yes, it does make me feel more confident, more empowered, and uh, the singer Sonny dresses real well. He's a good-looking guy. He's got long hair. He's very like uh, he's very animated on stage and energetic. And he like he'll stand up. I told you last week he'll like like Monty. He'll stand on the railing and, and you know get out there and yeah. put his fa- uh, mic in in girls' faces and stuff. Um, you know he's great. And and he mentioned that. Um, uh, a couple days later, he sent out a text. We have this group text thing going on, which is really good because we all stay in communication. And he sent out a text saying that, among other things, he said that, you know, everybody dresses great. And, you know, he was really psyched about the whole band. So he's like, yeah. And that was one of the points he made that we're all dressing nice. And <clears throat> another thing, too, like he's a long hair guy. I'm a long hair guy. Guitar player's a long hair guy. The uh, keyboard player's a long hair guy. The only one that's not is the drummer. And, Tracy, she loves to. She loves her boys. You know, whoever she's with. You know, she's very dedicated to them. 
and she goes out with the tip jar and she came back and she kept saying that like the girls out here keep telling me like like you're lucky you got all these hot guys on stage so that's promising and you know like everybody's in good shape um right you know everybody looks looks good you know it looks like a good band you know even if you just saw what the band and didn't even hear anything the band looks good so that's a real real big plus for us uh, again for uh for making some something big out of this i think we could i think we have the opportunity um so yeah yeah that's a good point and I, and i really highly suggest that for everybody that plays to dress well it really makes a difference dress for the gig you want not for the gig you have so if you're playing in a in a corner pub you know still put on your nice nicest duds and not t-shirt and jeans because um, that's what that's the way a lot of people still dress on stage you know it's yeah it's just interesting when you dress up or you get you get dressed or you dress differently and you know it, it definitely has an effect on y- your overall energy it certainly does yeah it makes me feel good makes me feel confident yeah. and like I was talking about last week I I really started on a, a better more uh, wellness road for myself eating really good I, I was talking to um to kevin the guitar player and he was telling me about uh this thing that he does called intermittent fasting which i had never really heard of and apparently it's like a big thing now so i look oh, yeah, that's been around for uh, you know at least uh to, i remember reading about that maybe two years ago oh yeah years ago. okay yeah <laughs> I, I never heard anything about it and so i read up on it and i was like wow okay this this seems like something that I could do, and it it really outlined all the health benefits of it. And there's different ways to do it. You could do like 16 hours off, eight hours on, or you could do just 24 hour complete yep. fast. And you know, there's a couple of different ways. And they, in the article that I read, they said uh, 16 eight is the most popular. And I said, you know what? I can do that. I can do that. Um, and I, I, so I started on Saturday. So I've been doing it since Saturday. The, the eight hours on, eating, and then 16 hours off. And and it really does make me feel better. I I already feel like I have more energy. Um, so I went to the gym today, and so I'm I'm this this whole new band and the fact that everybody's in good shape, everybody looks good, has definitely got me into. Um, Is that uh, you're looking got, good. Got band. me. It's got me inspired. It's got me inspired to to uh, to really do this and uh, feel good about it. Feel confident about it. Feel excited about it positive attitude about it so um yeah i'm I'm pretty stoked i think good things are coming good That's things cool. good things are now too and good things are yes coming. good things are all abounding yes abounding with good things abounding present past present future yeah all around you steve yes yes it's good stuff yep and I, I'm, I'm get, I got more organized. I'm just, I love being organized. It makes me feel, again, confident and just clear-minded. And uh, did a lot of that last night. And I, you know, the last week I just didn't have all that much time because it does, man, it does take a lot out of you. The energy of doing that show night after night and then coming home and uh, I still have to do like some CBC work and like. Oh yeah, there's still, there's still a lot to do. So I kind of fell, the last week, I kind of fell a little behind on some CBC stuff. But yesterday I was able to catch up 
with just about everything and get more organized with some other stuff. And I made a to-do list for today before I went to sleep last night, which I should do every freaking night because I am so much more productive when I have things written down that I need to do and I can cross them off. In fact, one of the things on my list today says podcast, so I'm going to cross that off. You know, it's interesting too because uh, <laughs> in, in all my years of doing leadership classes and you know, going, being involved in a lot of different programs, they they always say there's all they, they classify different ways. Like, do you lead by like are you task orient driven, where you know you make a list and you check it off, and that's how you run it down. You know, so there's definitely certain traits that go along with that. The the way that you you think about things too and organize your thoughts. You know. Yeah, it makes me feel so much clearer when I wake up too. Like, if I. If I wake up and I I don't have a plan, a game plan for my day, then it's just, it it doesn't end up being as productive. Um, Oh, yeah, no, you always have to have the plan. Yeah, but if I, I mean, written down, it needs to be written down. When I write things down, it just has more weight. It carries more weight to me. Um, So, so I, I have a few things left on it that I plan to do after the podcast. And then I believe I can complete all these things relatively quickly and then once those things are done then i can do some bonus things <laughs> that are yes. not on the list and then create a list for tomorrow. and then when you're done doing the bonus things and you do decide to take a nap you can look back and say ah oh, i have accomplished a whole a, a, quite a bit of stuff here this yeah is good. yeah it's, it was a good feeling going to sleep last night like man we just did five nights of really good work and i, I got all this stuff done last night or yesterday and it's just like ah oh, so excited to go to sleep and not have to work tomorrow and all I have to do is you know what's on my list and then be off Wednesday too ah yes the three days in a row is it's good I love to play but man you know there's got to be a balance and uh but you know one thing that I really need to address too for myself with this gig is it is so freaking loud it's it, like he's a hard-hitting drummer. I'm standing right next to him. And Tracy's using this reverb unit on stage because they don't really have any effects out front. Um, so she's got this reverb thing. And I think it's like her voice is coming through my monitor too. And I think the reverb unit is putting it in the monitor. So it's like the mo- everything that's coming through my monitor sounds like it's got reverb, reverb, on reverb on it so i got guitar i got keyboards and a little bit of bass but coming through there who's giving you that mix the house guy the re, the monitor mix yeah yeah so you have to go talk to him and say can can i not have the reverb yeah the reverb on everything i gotta try yeah. that anyway but i'm not sure if it's if it's that or if it's just i'm hearing the reverb in the room and it's bouncing off the wall because um, i definitely hear it in the room for sure and it just it makes everything like the, it makes everything kind of muddy and and yeah. The, I mean, the, there were times just about every every night over those five days where I couldn't discern what note I was playing. I just couldn't hear the note. I couldn't pick out the notes of of what was going on, and you know, and I have to sing too, and it's like. There were a couple times I got up to the mic and I was like, "Man, I hope I'm, I hope I'm in tune." Like I'm not sure. I can't really, I can't hear the note. Yeah, you can't, you can't hear yourself because it's Do you so. Guys ever think about using in ears? It's a, we, you know, we did, we used to at that club, and, um, 
and I really liked having in ears there, and dude, they just don't have the system. Day. I would just have to buy it, get my it's own. Like day though, dude, it's so. Worth I know, it. I know it is. Um, so I, I would just have to get it, get my own. You'll in-ears. never go back. Like once you do it, you're like, this is it. I can't go back to a monitor. Um, I know. Well, I've done it, so I mean, I can. Yeah, no, I know. You know all about it. Yeah, it's just it's you know it's just a different. Yeah, I do like but the I'm... room sound though too. No, you know? I will tell you this. You know, I have that Simmons drum amp. You know, with the, it's got a down firing subwoofer, and it's got like two eights and the, some tweeters in it, whatever. But it's it's a wedge. It's angled back. But like if I would play with like Chuck's band, right? Like say for example, Elevators play out. You know, or I play with Jimmy's uh, other band. Um, if they don't have a sound system or a PA or you know they're not they don't have a sound guy, right? That's gonna do anything. I can bring my rig with me, mic up my whole kit, put it through my board, and put it into that monitor. And when I turn that on and put it on, it's only got drums going through it. And I could have vocal or anything else I want from his board, you know, to come through it. Mm. But just having that additional amplification, just that one speaker, and turning it up pretty loud, it may, it all of a sudden makes the whole bottom and, and the drums and the whole band sound fat. You know what I mean? Right. That's cool. So I'd like that, you know, over in ears in that sort of environment where it's not blazingly loud stage volume, you know? Yeah. But like when we play Weisenheimers all the time, we would play with in ears, you know, even the past, like, say, three or four gigs where we started dialing it in. But even playing uh, weddings and, and uh, with, with in ears is just, uh, you know, once you have the control over the mix, you know, it's it's, it's great. And plus, you save your hearing too. Yeah, you know how, I and, know. You know, you played four nights and at that volume with yeah. with just stage volume with no earplugs in, you're, you're going to definitely be compromising your hearing. You know, over the next I, couple of months, it's already I'm already feeling it. So, uh, yeah, you I mean, I get ahead of that, and that's a good point to make because you know it happens quickly. And then you develop tinnitus, and you start to get hearing well, loss, and you can't enjoy your craft anymore. Yeah, you know, I already have tinnitus. That's you know, that's a given. That's not ever going away. Yeah, yeah, but you just don't want to add to it or make it get worse. Right. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm going to go try with the earbuds because I don't have the the uh, the inner the whole unit. I, you know, I could buy it. I guess maybe soon and get it set. It'll, it'll take a little work to get everything set up with the sound man. Um, but nothing else, like you said. Just earplugs, you know. Yeah, I'm gonna so I'm gonna do plugs and uh, see if that's that helps me. I, I mean, I know it will because I've used plugs plenty. Um, but it's 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 really it's uh, it's scary get, almost. Like when you when you're like you're in a song and you're like I can't hear the note, man. I can't hear the tonic. Like I'm hearing a note in my head, but it's not matching the note that I'm that everybody else is playing. And I'm trying to find it. Like I'm trying to listen to the listen to the melody of the vocal and like okay the melody of vocal i hear it i hear those notes but it's not matching what i'm hearing with what i'm playing uh, like and i'm and i'm also thinking thank god i Listen, know these songs so well that my fingers right, that are just, just going to do right, you're, you're playing them regardless of what you're hearing yeah i don't have to hear but it's still like i like to ha- you know be able to hear things clearly like yeah the room is being deceptive you know it's it's, a, it's, it's giving you that influence yeah, and everybody, you know, everybody's on stage and they're playing loud, and and the the rooms have been packed, so there's there's noise, plenty of noise in the room with people too. So it's well, just you, have, you're, you played Studio One, right? Oh sure, yeah. 
Yeah, and you know, I, I remember playing there and having the slap back from the back wall, like when you're doing sound check, the kick would be like, doom, doom, doom. Yeah. And I had that, like, you know, now the whole, like, exactly what you're saying. Now the whole band's playing at full volume, and you're like in the middle of it, and you're slamming through, and we're playing to the click, thankfully, you know? So I knew what I was playing. I'm just rock solid with the click because I know, what, regardless of what my ears are telling me, I know where I'm supposed to be, you know? Right. But it, it had that effect. It starts to get like, Stretched, if that's a, a way to describe it, you know what I mean. The sound, because I guess in that particular room, the room was so big, it was long. It was a long room. In it. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. It had this like weird inflection to it, and it would sound great out front. But sometimes on the stage, you'd get this like weird reflective, you know, slapback kind of thing where it it altered the sound. And I like I understand what you're saying. It, it, it was weird. Yeah, it's just and it's just a scary feeling. Um, it's sonic, you know. It's some kind of sonic anomaly is yeah. the best way to describe it. Yeah, but it wasn't. It wasn't happening all night. It was just happening right. in, in, yeah. in parts of it. Hence, sonic anomaly. Right, An anomaly is something that happens, you know, randomly. Yeah, studio. I'm pointing that phrase to sonic anomaly, just so for the records on this podcast. I'm, I'm going to write it down. Um, uh, studio one. Yeah I, yeah, I was. That was my hang for a while. I played there a lot, and and I used to live really close to there. I lived in Bloomfield for a while, and uh, my buddy Jeff and we used to go there on the weekends all the time. Get all in our rock clothes and go hang out. And that was just yeah, I was there all the time. But when I played there, I, you know, I was young. I was twenty two, twenty three, maybe. Um, yeah, twenty one, twenty two, yeah, very young. Uh, but we were in a killer band, and we were we were playing, you know, some of the bigger shows there. And I remember that. that Wait, was that Exire? No, Little Sister. Oh, Little Sister was with Janet Rains, who sadly passed away a couple of years ago, yes. and uh, my buddy Jeff and and uh, Mitch Mayone, who's in Florida now, and uh, Rob Carton, who's a uh, a, a prodigy a musician. Um, but uh, I I don't remember really knowing. Uh oh, what happened? What'd you do? I didn't do anything. Some something cut out for a second. That was weird. And uh, nice. speaking of uh, uh, audio anomalies, geez. sonic anomalies. Sonic anomalies. Sorry. Uh, but anyway, I I don't remember really knowing a lot about sound then, or about monitors, or about any like I don't remember doing a sound check for for our shows there. Um, we didn't, you know, we didn't do a sound check. We we just got up and played. And I don't remember, like, I I mean, I'm sure we had wedges in front of us and stuff, but I don't even remember. Like, I don't, I don't remember anybody saying like, "Well, how do you like your mix?" You know, there, I didn't know anything about it at all. Right, exactly. I just knew how to plug in my bass and play. And but I sang too, and I remember that I was always able to hear myself. So, but I didn't know. I was such a so green back then i was really i was good on stage you know i was a good bass player too and we were you know i was young i looked good i was uh and uh a lot of energy in the band was was just great um but uh we played with uh we had this gig dude this is uh it was danger danger was the headliner there and that was when they were big you know they're yeah. they're their 15 moments of fame uh, they had a naughty naughty was their big hit, and that was on uh, MTV, and it was it was on the the countdown show every day, and so they were at their peak, and that's they played Studio One, and we were opening for them, but there was another band that was after us, so it was, 
the Danger Danger was a headline. There was uh, the the next one on the card was another band, and then it was us. So we we were supposed to go on early, and I think there was probably another band on before us too. Um, they they used to pack a ton of bands in in one night there. Petersha, Petersha, Petersha. Hey, you guys, you guys, did you sell any tickets? <laughs> you, you got how many tickets do you guys sell? It's great. It's like Mike Wilson at the cricket club. Same thing. He, it, that, yeah. Back then, we had to. They gave us tickets, and we had to sell them. Oh and, yeah, and if we, we didn't did. sell it, if we didn't sell all the tickets he gave us, we had to pay for them. <laughs> so stupid. So I'll do you one better. Yeah, right. So we had the same thing with the cricket club, right? And Mike Wilson would be like, you know, you need fifty tickets. And I'd be like, give me a hundred, and then I would sell a hundred, right? Because I would go to everybody I know. I'd be like, do my band's playing. You got to buy a ticket. Here you go. Boom, boom, boom. Gone. So and I remember going to the show, and American Angel was the headliner, and they were big at the time. Right? Yeah, they're great. They're playing. Man. Yeah, great club upstairs, like six hundred people. You know, it, it good, nice sized room, right? Packed out. So he, so my buddy's band, my buddy Chris, he, he's like, yeah, he's like, we're, you know, he's like American Angels headliner. We're going on right before them, and I'm like, I, I don't think so, dude. I said, we're going on right before them. You're opening for us, and he's like, uh, no, it's not going to happen. So Mike Wilson comes up and he's like, I don't know, dude. He's like, Chris's band, he's like, they sold almost 80 tickets. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, here's 100 right here that we sold, all of them. Right. So you won. (laughs) So we won. He had to go back and tell him, dude, it was like a big meltdown of the century, like so upset. They had to go on before us. It was like this whole big to-do. It was great. So long story short, dude, we go on. We go on, you know, we're, the, we're going on right before the headliner. The place is packed. We played a packed house, full set. It's a great, like, highlight moment. They come out, and it was daylight savings time. Okay. So, I, so by the time American Angel went on, the clocks had changed back. So everyone's there for American Angel. They do. They played one song, and the police came and said that the venue's closed. Past the time. So... It was like a riot. It was like a riot. But we were already broken down, out, packed up, done, you know, at the bar having a drink. The shit started going down. We vomitosed right out of there. Right. Um, yeah, it's, so, I, I mean, sort of a similar thing. Well, not really, but, but this Danger Danger show, the whatever, you know, bands weren't going on on time or, or there was something and, and things got pushed. Um, and what ended up happening was we went on right before Danger Danger instead of the band that was supposed to go on before Danger Danger. And the place was jammed. You know, it was jam-packed yeah. and we were we were just on fire. It was it was probably the best show that we did. Um and we were very 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 well rehearsed. We rehearsed a lot. We rehearsed three probably three nights a week at least and we went over every single nook and cranny of our 10 song set list, whatever it was. And, you know, all originals. Um, and um, we were really good. I mean, I, you know, there's video out there. You can see it if you look it up uh, on the interwebs on, on YouTube, Little Sister, and put in Janet Rains, uh, R-A-I-N-S, and you'll find videos of that band. We were real good. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was... Uh, and I, I remember seeing, uh, I, yeah, I played with American Angel there too, and with Trickster, 
too. Trickster, that's where Trickster really kind of started to take off. Anybody out there remembers uh, Trickster? They were eighties, late eighties band that had a minor, kind of kind of major hit on MTV for a while. Uh, Give it to me, good. Was the hit? And uh, they, oh, they did a big tour too. They know? yeah, but that's where they started to like. I knew those guys, and they were that's where they started to really take off. Any time Trickster played Studio One, it was just it, it was standing room only, packed, um, sold out. You know. People getting turned yeah, they away. were huge. They, they were, were huge, huge in the day. Yeah, and uh, and then especially when they got the deal, and then the, when they the, when the video was out, forget about it. Um, and you know, so I played with those guys there, and I I saw there's a couple bands that I remember seeing there that really blew me away that I'd never seen before. One was Kicks, uh, Steve Whiteman. Yeah, Kicks. Kicks was a good band, man. And that was Midnight Dynamite tour, and they. They were just, they were so tight. They had such a great show and great songs. And from then... They were on top of their game. Yeah. From then, I got into that band, and I saw them a, a number of times after that. And uh, and I still think they're great. They had ACDC kind of riffs, but with Steve Whiteman singing. Yeah. Um, and all very catchy stuff. Steve Whiteman, I actually met much later... Um, Again, like kind of 2005, 2006 when I was playing with Kashmir. And he came to the show. We were playing in, in Hagerstown, uh, Maryland, which is where he's from. And we were playing like this theater. And he came and brought his son because he said he wanted his he wanted his son to experience a live, live Led Zeppelin show as, as close as you can get. So Steve Whiteman came backstage and, and it was cool. But uh, that's cool. But yeah, I saw them at Studio One, and the other band that I saw at Studio One, and still is one of my favorite rock bands, is Enough's Enough. Um, oh yeah, they, they their their album Strength is one of my favorite albums of all time. It's just, it's such a the songwriting is so good, um, uh, and it's I I don't know I just love it. But they came out at Studio One with on with a Magical Mystery Tour by the Beatles that was their first song and they just blew the freaking roof off of that place as soon as they came out and I could not believe how good they were they were just so so tight so entertaining so the vocals were killer um, just everything about that show that was one of the ones I really remember at Studio One um, there were a bunch I of other Enough ones. Enough had a very flamboyant drummer. I think the guy's name was Vicky, Vicky Fox. Fox. Yes, sure, yeah. Vicky Fox. Yeah, yeah. He was he was very uh, he was a very attractive man. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a chick, man. Yeah, he did. But I mean, because he want he had he, you know it was so funny. I remember like I would I used to get Modern Drummer subscription. You know when you used to get a magazine in the mailbox, right? You would get a, an actual Modern Drummer magazine that yeah. you could read you know there's no online right. and uh i remember reading an article with vicky fox and they were had a big interview and he was actually on tour with vince neal at the time yes. Vince yes. had a solo uh record he, he did know, the first which solo I, I record, saw, yeah. which i actually saw him open for van halen on at jones beach which is a different story which is a whole nother story but um and he said that it, it the, his, obviously, his real name is not Vicky Fox, but he thought Nikki Six with the two Ks and the two Xs, and right. that was like attractive to him. So then he called himself Vicky Fox, and then 
he was into the whole Motley Crue vibe with the eyeliner and the makeup and like looking like a chick, you know, and having the hair and, you know, being all buff. But I remember he was like very like a lot of twirls and he had like a whole, mm-hmm. you know, like he, he was, you know, he was, he was, you know, a solid rock drummer, but he was very great showman, you know, yeah. very Tommy Lee-esque too. Speaking of Motley Crue, man, I'm mad at Motley Crue. Why? Because they're doing another. They they, uh, they made this court. whole big to do about it. You took two or three years ago. We're signing a contract that we're never gonna ever tour again, yeah. and yeah. this is binding and blah blah blah. So you got to come see us now. And now it's just a. It was a big scam, because they're touring again. Yeah, with, and uh, but it will still be sold out. So. Yeah, but it's like the only reason they're doing it is because they need money. There's no other way for them to generate income anymore. You know, correct? They're not going to do a tour, and they'll all be you know. But but stop with the nonsense of uh, we're signing a contract, and you know, I mean, how many bands go out there like this is our farewell tour, and then they come back next year? Like, stop it! Just stop! Stop trying to 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 trick us that way. We're don't be don't treat us like idiots. You know, just. You want to go out and tour, go out and tour, but don't don't act like you're like this is it, and you know like that you need to sell tickets that way. Just yeah, I know it's all it's a game. Um, and Vince Neil's got to get in shape, man. He looks horrible. Like speaking of being in shape and on stage, and yeah, yeah he good. was like in shape for a while, then he was out of shape for a while. Then I remember seeing some reality show where, uh, you know he he was getting back in shape again, and he got. You got you know life coach guru and the guy got him all on track because after his daughter passed away you know he went into like a depression for a while and you know and he got back in shape again and then I think he was then out of shape after that you know well think about it they haven't toured and when was that farewell tour three four years ago no it was like th- three years ago at the most it was okay two two well, or three the, time goes by pretty quick you know. But so every bit of three years. So you you know if you don't do anything for three years, but hang out and live fat on life and eat and party and hang out and vacation and spend the money that you just made off the last tour, you know you're gonna pay for that. Yeah, but he was already he was already out of shape then. I mean, right? Even... But I mean, but, and so if you continue that type of lifestyle, you you don't get in. You know, it's hard to get in shape. It's like Mark Wahlberg said it best. He said it's it's be, it's easier to stay in shape than it is to get in shape. Right. Yeah, that you makes know, once sense. You're, once you're fit, it's easier to maintain that than it is to go from being really out of shape to getting buff. Right. He doesn't need to be buff, but I mean, he's he really ballooned up, man. He's he's he just doesn't look and and Vince Neil too, like. Even back, you don't look like a fat old guy on stage. He, dude. Yeah, it's just it's not good luck. Yeah, it's not a good. Look. And and if you're gonna go out and make millions of dollars for your tour, man, put some effort in to to you know how you look. Do 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 something. Like you said, go out. Yeah, kill it. You know, like bring it. And, but Vince Neil, even back in the days when in their heyday, he looked great. But his singing, like he would always skip words in in lines of songs. He would <laughs> he every, like all the time. He did that. Back in the in the hate, and he still does it all the time. So he'll only sing part of the line, that you know, just to emphasize enough that this is but, where but I. Hey, dude, I saw Motley. This where I am in the song. Live at Brendan Burn Arena, right after uh, Vince Neil got out of jail when uh, when he killed Razzle. Yeah, when after the accident when Razzle died, right? And I and it was like they they were they were killer, man. They were they, you know they were great. 
Billy Squire opened for him. Oh, yeah, dude. I was a huge Motley Crue fan back then. I mean, I used to get yeah. dressed up like them and go to... But, but I'm saying he sounded great. He looked at the part. He was fit, you know? I mean, they looked like the, you know, it was the Shadow of the Devil tour, you know? Like, they looked like that that young, that, that the, the original-looking crew before they got all, you know, dismantled through all their <laughs> fame and fortune and, you know, just stupidness. Actually, tomorrow is Nikki Six's birthday. I'm looking at my birthday list here. Wow. Celebrity birthday list. He will be 61 tomorrow. Wow, 61. Yeah, and Nikki Six still looks cool. Nikki Six is always cool. Oh, yeah. To me. He was he's he was one of my early idols just just because he was cool. Not as far as being a bass player, just how he looked and how he presented himself on stage. Always liked Nikki. There was a great Netflix movie, the the, the whole story of the crew. Oh, I saw it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, it is really good. It's very entertaining. I what is it called again? I forgot what it was called. Yeah, I don't remember either. But that's what I was saying. It was very entertaining though, because yeah. you good insight into how it, it actually was. You know. Yeah, those guys did a great job at, at the actors did a great job at, at uh, portraying those. Yeah, but it's just out of control. You know, you can only live out of control for for so long before it's just you know it's it's going to you're gonna have problems. Yeah, Nikki's all proud that he's sober and he has been for a while. So yeah, good. well, good for him, man. You know, I mean, he, he's actually still it's a testament that he's even alive. Yeah, and that's something he would say himself. I I believe. Um. But Vince, come on, Vince. I know you listen to this podcast, Vince Neal. So, That's right. Get with it. Get with so, it, man. They get on. See get you on. Back, the, fight in shape like you used to be, and you can do it. Get on the intermittent fasting program like I'm on. <laughs> we, we'll do it together. I can be a buddy. You give me a call, Vince, and we, we can buddy up and we can be each other's um, partner, uh, accountability partner for this. Okay? Because I want to see Vince. I want to see you looking good on stage like you used to. Because I, I can't handle the Bumble look. He looks like Bumble from the uh, Rudolph. The abominable. <laughs> the, the abominable uh, snow monster. <laughs> Bumble's bounce. That's not good, dude. <laughs> no, it's not a good look. If you want to be a Bumble. lead singer in a rock band. You remember the band Bumblefoot? No. Yeah, well, I remember Ron, the name. Ron Thal. He was played with... Uh, He's on tour with Guns N' Roses. Bumble. Oh, yeah, that was so with... Uh... Ron Thal had a band called Bumblefoot, and Joe Bergamini played drums with him for, like, two years and recorded an album with them. And uh, and then he went on to play with Axel in Guns with Buckethead. Okay, cool. Buckethead. <laughs> and he was a Buckethead. He's the other guy. You know, Guns N' Roses has two two guitar players now. Yeah, yeah, I guess I don't know. Well, they always had two. They had Slash and Izzy. Yeah, but Miles Kennedy with uh, Slash is great. He's got some new stuff out. Oh, I can't stand him, Miles Kennedy. I don't like you know, his voice at all, man. He sings right through his nose. Everything is coming through his nose, and he sings. <laughs> Listen to his voice. Next time you're like, everything. Yeah. Oh, he sings right through his mouth. Unique timbre to his voice. Uh, I can't stand him. I just, I can't. Slash, of course, is great. but Yeah, that's, that's what I'm getting at. Slash is great playing. Yeah. I don't think Miles Kenny's good at all. Sorry. Sorry, Miles. Come on, Vince. He's you're, very busy, though. Get better, Miles. 
He's, he's on tour all the time. Okay. You know, between between that and, and uh, doing Alderbridge. Good for him. Oh, he's yeah. a singer. Yeah, he's a successful dude. Successful dude. Whether you like him or not, you got you know you got to salute that he he's 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 doing it. No, I don't. I don't have to. Yes, you do. <laughs> okay. You must. It's a wisdom hour, dude. All right. No judge. There's no judgment or prejudice here. It's just facts. Yes, true. Well, it's the end of the wisdom hour, so. So so there. So there you go. So we come to a close. Yes. All right, and we have come to a close. So happy holidays, everybody. Hope you're enjoying your festive. Yep, two weeks till Christmas, man. Get your, get your gifts going. Two weeks. Yeah, I got to do that. That's one of my things I got to do tonight. It's on my list. Uh, all right, CoverBandCentral.com. Sign up for a free pro- profile for you or your band or both. And uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that. Play those chimes, play those jingle bells. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.